All right, bro. That's it. Okay. Ito na episode. Okay. Let's talk about this. Um, Let's go a little bit illustrado, no? I mean, well before the Young Turks, uh, you know, pushed for transformation of the Ottoman Empire, whatever was left of it, we had the illustrados, right? And then and there's so much literature about not only Rizal, but the whole illustrado class serving as an inspiration for whole of Asia. So, I mean, pretty solid people. Now, recently, as you may know, of course, uh, the supposed holy grail of Philippine art was tracked down from some European aristocracy. Kailangan ko pa i-marita sino ba mga yan. My suspicion is French tong mga to, but I have to track it down. So the Leon Gallery folks were able to track it down and then they they lent it now to Ayala Museum. I personally visited recently. It's fantastic. I think it's really, really, the whole curation, the sketch. Incredible, bro. I mean, like, I'll be honest. I was like teary-eyed. I'll, I'll tell you, bro. And it's not the first time I saw Luna. I saw the Cleop death of Cleopatra. I saw the, you know, I saw his other paintings. Uh, also Felix Hidalgo in 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 Prado in Madrid. So it's not the first time I see him. But like, it's just the way that Ayala Museum and all they 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 just really made Juan Luna feel special. And then you go there. There's there's the statue of him. And then dun sa gilid yung quotation from Rizal, no, that genius has no country, etc. Like I don't know, bro. Like the whole thing is. It's just, I don't know, like my soft spot comes out, uh, probably comes up as pretentious, but I don't know, I always felt we need we needed the kind of a 21st century illustrator, so we really have to pay attention to these people. But before going there, can you tell me a little bit about what is your understanding of Juan Luna and his place among the illustrators? So, I, I we're celebrating Luna, but of course he, he killed his his wife. That's uh, where, like, you know, but, I mean, he's a, macho. Yeah. He's, a, he's a murderer. I think there's a great Howie Severino documentary on it. It's called, I think it's called Rage. Um, yung killing niya of his, in, of, I think, wife and daughter or something like that. Um, So, in the 21st century, if you had somebody like that, that we, we would cancel that. We would cancel that person, di ba? Um, he, and isn't he cancelled or I mean, parang sense ko, semi-canceled rin si Juan Luna. Eh. Like, Oh, semi-cancel, pero I mean, I don't know. It, it's very difficult to cancel yeah. one loop. Um, there is a sense, of course, that for many people, talent is just difficult to cancel. Like I, this is a this is a crazy parallel example, but you know, after um, finding that, that that show that confirmed that see that really that that interviewed the victims, the Michael Jackson. Oh shoot! Yeah, stop, people know, stop playing. Oh. People stop playing him for mga one year. Well, di mo marinig yeah. si Michael Jackson radio dito for a few months at least dito sa US. Yeah, and then after that, you know, I you know, you go anywhere, you'll hear "Beat It," you'll hear all the hits, and now there's even a Michael Jackson the musical. And and the reason for that is just like man, it's he's so talented yeah. that if you give up on that art, medyo ikaw yung talo because it's yeah, such one on art. On, on so, baka, I think maybe you know the Philippines is you know under, it's kind of in a, in a similar position, right? If you try to cancel one Luna's art, sino talo? Uh, in many ways, yung sambayan ng Pilipino, because if you cancel that art, you deny yourself access to such beauty, diba? So I, I wanna I wanna I don't say I I don't I'm not gonna say whether or not I agree or disagree. But where um, do you stand it, on that? The author art kind of the whole debate. Or is it the case is based? Like I struggled on the Heidegger case because I was very influenced by Heideggerian philosophy. But I mean, he was a horrible person, knew yeah. not, whatever. Indeed, so, I mean, not ako, so. ako case to case. So for example, Woody Allen, Annie Hall. I love Annie Hall. I'm never gonna give up on Annie Hall. But Manhattan, where in the the Woody Allen character has a relationship with a high school kid, I I can't watch Manhattan anymore. And I, you mean pedophilia? Sure. 
Pedophilia? Parang, I think 18 na, or parang somebody na very young. Parang 18 na ata. Pero parang, it's still very uncomfortable. As much as, you know, I love the shots. Manhattan is black and white film. Diba? So, anyway, um, hindi, I don't know. And then, on the Michael Jackson thing, I can't stop listening to it. It's just so good. So, parang, hindi ko alam. Hindi ko alam. Hindi ko alam on this issue. Um, so, Maybe I should have. Maybe should have brought brought us down that road. Uh, itong issue of you know, can we enjoy the art, the great art of bad people? But let me just talk about him in terms of, as an illustrado. Because John Schumacher said na you can kind of have the illustrado, the great historian John Schumacher. You can have the illustrado ideology into two phases. The unang phase is the phase where you're talking to Europeans, and the point is you want to show that 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 Filipinos are Asian Spaniards and that they belong to Mother Spain. In other words, Filipinos wanted Spaniards to think of them the way they thought of Catalan. Yes, we are we, we have our distinct culture, but we are Spaniards nonetheless and we're able to participate in metropolitan Spanish culture. Um, and Schumacher situated Luna in that first phase because the style of Luna is, of course, to show that Filipinos could paint like Europeans. So, so if you look at you know Luna, for example, he studied in the in Europe and he ma tried to master this master the style of European masters, you know, mga El Greco types, ganyan. Um, so that's Schumacher says that's first phase. Yung second phase, so, sorry, the so first phase style. is beating them in their own game, kind of thing. Beating them in their own game and effectively saying that you know if you can recognize Catalan as a distinct culture while also being Spanish you can recognize Filipino as a distinct culture while also being Spanish, right? And of course, yung political outlet nun was lobbying for representation in the Spanish parliament or the Cortes, diba? Because yung representation in the Cortes is the ultimate uh, kind of legitimation of that perspective that Filipinos are Spaniards, right? Uh, and So therefore, ang kausap ko Spaniards, even La Solidaridad, diba? Was, yeah, a lot of it was going into the Philippines, right? Being smuggled into the Philippines. And there were Filipinos in the Philippines like Isabella de los Reyes who were writing for La Solidaridad. But mainly it was uh, La Solidaridad, ang goal dyan, is to advocate in Spain. Sila, Marcelo del Pilar is especially mga ganyan. Uh, and then Schumacher says that the second phase was when they just, was when Rizal in particular started to want to talk directly to Filipinos. Um, this was sometime I think in um, I would say 1892 there thereabouts. The break was 1892, and the quote dito kay Rizal is that the medicine must be brought to the patient, diba? So so and that was partly. Uh, wait, wait, that's break. a quote from Rizal. Uh, oh wow, dapat, that's a very good quote. Dapat ilapit ang gamot sa pasyente or something. I forget which language he used, but yun yung yun yung metaphor dun. He loved medical metaphors, of course, because he was a doctor. So, of course, umuisha. And uh, the Noli was kind of part of that, diba? Because yung Noli opens with Amipatria. So, ang audience mo doon, to my, to, my, to my country or to my fatherland, Amipatria, right? So, napaka-clear na ng dedication. He wants to talk to Filipinos. And then, short, and then after writing Noli, all roads led back to the Philippines na. Right? So, yun yung kind of second phase. Um, so, Luna is... For me, you can clearly situate him in yung first phase. Although may mga nationalists, may mga kind of possible paintings then that hint at a kind of more pro-independence nationalist position. Like for example, yung, kanyang pact, yung El Pacto de Sangre, yung painting where 
yung uh, yung blood compact ni Legaspi at saka ni Secretary. Yeah, 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 yeah. right? So there are possible nation there are possible parang um that's pro the break na. That's the break. That's the break from other Kasi there are two ways to read that. Eh. It's either you believe that the pact is sacred or you believe that the pact has been broken and therefore yeah. you can demand your independence. That's an interesting read. Uh, I'll push back a little bit and say actually Juan Luna, I think, evolved, especially when he designed the uniform of the Filipino revolutionaries, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and this is where I think I'm following Nick Joaquin and the argument with Nick Joaquin was uh, yeah, yeah, no, for a very long that. time, the Luna brothers wanted to work it through the system. But once they all got tortured because they were implicated by Bonifacio, especially in the case of uh, General Luna, uh, they kind of switched and said, okay, let's go. Like, let's go for it. And so especially the time of Americans. So that's where I think the Lunas go full on revolutionary mode. Yeah. Uh, but this is American time. So I, I think there's an evolution. Yeah. Is that the Lunas are extremely vague about the anti-Spanish phase of the Philippine Revolution, right? Because they're... He, he says that they're practically, Joaquin says they're practically Hispanophile Creoles. So Creoles are Spaniards born in the Philippines, right? But because, um, or, or Spaniards born in the colonies. But because konti lang naman yung pure Spaniards born in the Philippines, when you speak of a, a Filipino Creole class, you're re- really referring to either mga may halo na or people who just imbibe that broader yeah. metropolitan cre- Creolist culture, right? So a Filipino Creolo need not be 100% white. And, and Nick is making the point that effectively the Luna brothers were Creole and that you need to understand their resistance to Americans through the lens of Creolism, which was a kind of attachment to a Hispanic Philippines. And of course, Americans were were perceived as a threat to a Hispanic Philippines. Yeah. And, uh, and they were kind uh, of like Bolivarian in that sense, right? Uh, kind of like exactly. classic Bolivarian or Marti kind of style. Now... What do you understand of his art as far as Juan Luna is concerned? Because, you know, I, I had uh, Jorge Mojaro the, the other month when I came back from Madrid. And he was, I don't think he was as impressed with, with his ideas. It's too classical, etc. But but for me, I think I, mean, I think brilliant in work in Luna. I mean, I don't care if it's not cutting edge cubism, whatever. But I think that's that's where you come in. That was his thing, eh? He wanted to show that we can, I can beat you in your own game, and he kind of did that, right? Actually, I didn't know this, bro. I, I, maybe you're more informed. Apparently, the Spolarium, the Spanish did not allow him to to exhibit it in Paris. That's why it was mm-hmm. not part. Now, but a part of me suspects because this Jaime or Jaimini, this got the bronze, right? Um, my mm-hmm. sense is, who knows if Spolarium was allowed to compete in Paris, he could have won the, you know, also another gold medal or something like that, because the argument of the people who found the Hymen I mean, is 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 no th- Paris is the Olympics. And then Palarom Pambansa lang daw yung sa Madrid. Like, well, oh, yeah. that's 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 mean. Hindi naman ganon ka low ang Spain nung 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 late 1930. That's what I get also na parang artistic backwater na ang Spain by that time. Because remember, this was a crumbling, this was a crumbling empire at the time. I, I get know? it, but it wasn't that bad na parang if you win in it was, Madrid, it's it like old there is like whatever. It was a poor and crumbling, it was a poor and crumbling empire. And then there was a perception that the height of, that the height of uh, Spain had passed. And, the, and yes, Paris was a metropolitan center at that time. But, but then Austro, uh, but, but, uh, Vienna was also another center at that time for, ah, for, for right, right, right. Actually, soon, yeah. soon after in Vienna, that's where you get the, the kind of, during this period, but a few decades after you get the kind of uh, kind of more experimental, I don't know the term, not an art historian, but that's where you start getting people like um, 
uh, Iwan Chile, Gustav yeah, King, yeah, I see right? what you're saying, yeah. Kind of more interesting stuff. Um, the, the, there's a greater, there are greater avant-garde tendencies there. Then of course you get Freud in Vienna eventually, right? That that kind of Makes sense. that kind of excitement, you know, which is really not happening in Spain. It's happening in Paris and Vienna. Um, having said that, um, one thing that Ambeth loves to correct is that you say he did not get the bronze or the gold. He got a bronze and a gold. Um, yeah, I understand. It's one of the categories. Yeah, I understand. Uh, which is what what that means is that hindi ito parang taklo lang yung mananalo for second, third. Ang ngayari dito is that you had paintings and they were assessed and they were given uh, a medal based on different what, what class they what class the judges thought they belonged to. So you know, gold class, which means top top tier, and then bronze class, meaning third tier. So I mean, make of that what you will, but it's not the bronze; it's a bronze, right? That's that's what Ambit. Although, says. although, um, in fairness, man, but I got to know that. The category that Juan Luna was placing when he competed in Paris is like for the master's category. And the first time I heard about it was when I was reading about um Picasso and when he had his you know most famous painting also exhibited in, in Paris. Uh it was you know it was considered for the you know, non-competition category, master's category, or something like that. So for me, the in Paris, there was a recognition that he's one of the masters, right? Mm -hmm. So in a way, he was recognized as a part of the pantheons of European artists yeah. because yeah. I, I see what you're saying first it's an A gold not V gold and B well he won it in Spain blah, blah, blah. and C he was so these are the three arguments against Luna's work no I'm talking about just the work not the person and C is like you know he was not really at the cutting edge of new uh, uh, but uh, that's the point that he was put in the category of masters in Paris uh, which B called me so yes. he was in the pantheon uh, it, interesting for me too because when we talk about Philippine art the only Filipino artist that nationalists are willing to consider based on European metropolitan terms is Luna diba? meaning meaning kasi marami namang artists after that um, that try to compete with the white people and say you know I'm kind of I'm just as good as you right but Filipino nationalists don't take them as seriously as Luna so for example Si Constancio Bernardo, he was he he was he went to Yale and he participated in the New York Abstract Expressionism of the mid twentieth century. Do you get Filipino nationalists who make the argument that oh we should think of Constancio Bernardo as comparable to De Kooning? Nobody does that, right? Um, or or for example, uh, see uh, the 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 architect Loxin. Do you get nationalists going? Oh, you know, Loxin is so great. We should compare him to the European masters of brutalism. We should think about him along the same lines as Le Corbusier. Nobody does that. Yeah. So there's something about Luna wherein parang nationalists are, are willing to buy into except the criteria of the white people. In saying, yeah, I mean, get it so bro. Yeah, I know. The, 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 the paradox of that. I, I get oh. what you're saying. Like, you love Luna for his revolutionariness, and then, but but you, you appreciate this art for the colonial powers recognition of it. It was like, mm, that's like weird. But, bro, I can use the same argument. I would say Nick Joaquin's prose is just as good as results, if not better. Uh, oh, yes. Yes, you know what I'm saying. And uh, uh, like result, there's no accusation that he copied someone else's script. I mean, you know yeah. the accusation against result, right? Uh -huh. Nolly was a little bit similar to one thing written by one of you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, uh, actually, the But I I said okay, artistic. Eugene Sue, they're saying it's comparable to Eugene Sue. Yeah. Exactly. So like 
but you cannot make accusations against Nico Joaquin like that. He was like as original as it can get. And considering he didn't have the privilege of going to the best schools on earth as a result, in the case of Nico Joaquin, yeah. he didn't even graduate from high school last time I checked. So, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that I actually agree that there are certain Filipinos we're not judging them by Filipino criteria we're judging them by global criteria right because sometimes for example you know somebody I hate Amorosolo I guess he's good by Philippine criteria because he like represented the Filipino pastoral and you know he's 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 good to reproduce and put him in your dining room especially if the dining room is like you know old school Filipino dining room parang ni Lola may spoon and fork, di ba? Pwede siyang, pangkatita, pwede siyang pangkatitahan. So, so yes, by, by Philippine criteria, it's great. Or, you know, somebody like, whatever. Um, I don't know. So, so, Amosolo lang naisip ko. But, you know, there are really some Filipinos where, with Filipino artists who magaling lang sila. And they're not magaling because they represent a distinctly Filipino experience or they make a, or they make a particular argument to Filipinos. They're just good. You know? And, and, and I think we should start doing that from time to time. Yes, okay. some artists need to be assessed based on how they respond to Filipino realities and how they talk to a right. Filipino audience. I think the eraser heads, especially the early eraser heads, should be assessed based on that criteria. But there are certain artists who I think na parang ang galing mo lang on a global level and you should be and and you should and and your criteria should be like can we compare them to certain masters who have gained recognition globally? I think definitely woman who had two navels ni Joaquin should be assessed on that criteria, right? It should be comparable to Latin America to, to Latin American li- literature, right? I think um yeah. yeah I think somebody like Loxin should be comparable to Le Corbusier. Um the architect uh, world. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh I, I think like somebody like I, I don't know I, I I'm not so familiar with this but you know I think Constancio Bernardo should be considered alongside the New York abstract expressionist because he was part of New York abstract expressionism. Yeah. There are some people working in poetry who think Villa should be considered as part of kind of like beat poetry, um, New York beat poetry. And and I think these are fair arguments. And so and so can you make the argument that Luna should be considered part of the pantheon of kind of Madrileño Parisian elite painters from the, uh, like elite painters from this period? I, I don't know. I, I'm not an art historian, so I can't assess the quality as well as people who have background in this. But, you know, you should be willing to make that position. Parang is, this is not just a Filipino artist. I'll ask you a question, short, but let me just make an intervention first. Um, The thing is, first of all, they didn't have Rizal singing praises to them, right? The Hotel Inglés speech of Rizal was like, whoa. So I think the Rizal imprimatur kind of further glorifies the achievement of uh, of uh, Felix Hidalgo and and of course also on Luna. But the other thing, I, I don't know, bro, for me, greatness is not only what you achieve for yourself, but you you achieving it for yourself, but also for something bigger than yourself, right? So you, you take both artistic, aesthetic, and political boxes. And I think that's where Juan Luna is special. But having said that, this is my question, and you can see what the question is already implying. Do you have a sense that the Illustrado generation kind of crowded out everyone else? Because that's your argument, right? Like, why are we not paying attention to everyone else who came after? I, mean, I always say, why are we always talking about Rizal? Why not Nick Joaquin? He had fantastic work. I can even also make an argument for Sionelose, for instance, right? Now, parang the romanticism of this their era kind of took away the light 
from the others. And it doesn't have to be an either or. I am mean, for me, we have to have greatness every generation, right? If gre greatness has no country, I would say greatness has no generation too. Each generation will produce. I like yeah. that. Let me note that down, right? Like greatness has no generation. Every generation is creating its own greatness. So why are we always going back to them and assuming they are the gold standard when they did their thing during their time and we are all doing during our own time, right? I yeah, and and then as and then as I say, there there are naman like people like 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 Luna na who will just beat the white people at their own game until today. Um, and we should celebrate that. But if I were to push back a little bit, all, all I all I'll say is that we do celebrate people like Luna, and I think the person we celebrate in the same way maybe Sina Rizal celebrated Luna is Lea Salonga. Lea Salonga. I thought you said Manny Pacquiao. Well, Manny Pacquiao, yeah, yeah. But in, in the artistic realm, like yeah, Lea Salonga. Yeah, Sal I, I remember I took a music class under Jim Paredes in, in college. And, and Jim said, there are kind of two ways in which a Filipino musician makes it big internationally. Either through Freddie Aguilar, either the Freddie Aguilar route where you write a very Filipino song called Anak. And then it gets translated and then that's what becomes globalized. Or you have, or, or through the Leia Salonga route, where you're just so good, you beat the Westerners at their own game. You win a Tony, right? So, so you, 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 two deductive, models there. Deductive. Yes, exactly. And, and and I think in a way, you know, would you say ultimately we celebrate Leia more than Freddie, even though both of them had like complex relationships with Duterte and Barcos. I mean, complex is a nice way of putting it, especially in the case of Fred Aguilar, right? Like, and you know, Fred Aguilar is getting canceled for other reasons too, aside from Duterte. But I don't uh, want to get, get there. Just last point, bro. Um, do you have like a soft spot for the for the illustrados? Like, how do you how do you feel about our generation? I I don't want to be pre presumptuous, but like. When you think of their generation, do you feel insecure that we are our generation is not doing enough, or you think we're doing pretty good given the circumstances we're also facing today? Because back then their competition probably was smaller even than us, right? Like today, like there's so many like ako and and damn vloggers na kailangan compete, right? Compared to like you get what I'm saying, right? I mean, this is a world of eight nine billion people we're talking about, and. It's not like before you make it to one elite school and then you're made. No, because there are like hundreds of elite schools around the world, right? So like I get it that they deserve recognition, but I, I hope people also appreciate what we're facing. Yes, we're not under American or uh, Spanish colonialism, but our generation is also dealing with the laws. I mean, in short, what is the argument for the millennial illustrado? <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I, I won't go. I'm a historian, so I'm, I'm just yeah. like, going to say we all we we probably all pale in comparison and well at the go it's over it's over historic history and historian you're not going to convince a historian to write about any other generation the way they write about illustrados i i that's that that may be an, an unfortunate truth but it's just so i think it's just so reified um and you know part of it is deserving at least when it comes to rizal i think um, pepe this really deserves the the kind of adulation just because you right in scope, grab yep. it. Yeah. Of course, in bravery, combined with the kind of bravery that you don't you, you don't see with the other people. So this is a kind of rare combination right. of personal genius and bravery. Audacity and and genius and talent. Yeah, yeah, that's quite yeah, I would say. You're right. You're right. I mean you're I right. I think we will all be, I mean, we'll probably all um most generations of Filipinos will will be 
will be dwarfed by the big giant in the room. And that's the result. And I do think the result deserves pride of place, diba? Sabi nga ni Nick Joaquin, he was the primus inter pares of the Illustrados. And Absolutely. Naman, yeah. Absolutely. So, oh. Well, I'm just saying, like, 100 years from now, what can our generation do to be worth remembering? Like, especially, like, the historian, the leloy of 2123 or whatever. Kasi ganito, bro, the reason I'm talking about this is because, aside from the Illustrados, the other comparable group that has inspired me a lot, you can already see it here, is the Russian intelligentsia. Right mm. from Torganev onwards, right? Um, and today I look at Navalny and I would say he's continuing the same spirit. I mean, literally, Navalny now is somewhere in I don't know Siberia, or whatever, and he's reading the spiritual books. Like you can imagine, through his mind and soul, is passing the same light that passed through the soul of Dostoevsky, right? Before he was false, you know, executed. You get what I'm saying? Like there's this intensity and seriousness about Navalny. That helps me imagine Dostoevsky or Tolstoy at their finest moment. You get what I'm saying? Like when I watch Navalny at his craziest audacity level, it's like, no shoot, I see what Dostoevsky and those guys were talking about. Huh, like interesting. You get what I'm saying? Like I, I think I think this is where the comparative in me comes in. No, like but I'm, that's the comparison I'm looking at. Like because the Illustrados were just as amazing as the Russian intelligentsia, and more than hundred years later, you have someone like Navalny who uses TikTok to challenge Vladimir Putin and KGB. So like, so now you're saying uh, uh, because they got Putin and we do, we got BBM, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we got Duterte. You get what I'm saying? I'm just saying like in Russia, you're seeing the re um, recurrence, almost eternal recurrence of the same serious, almost, I mean, how, how could they put it? Like almost transcendental spirit of defiance that we saw with the Russian intelligentsia. So there are two groups that, I mean, all due respect to the Young Turks. I have a lot of respect for the Young Turks and what they did in the Ottoman Empire. I mean, like, you know, I have ancestry from a region there, whatever. But but my point is, the Russian intelligence were always my inspiration. And I always look at the Illustrados, and then I'm looking like 100 years later, Russia is still creating great people. Can't we do the same thing? I mean, we're not as big as... But you get what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm just coming from that angle. Maybe I'm just... Hallucinating, whatever you tell me, bro. Well, Brad, I, 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 I would agree. We, we have we have a heritage, uh, and all we can do is is draw from it, and you know let 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 the people after us decide how well we've we've drawn from that that heritage of critical thinking. Um, Carol Howe, but it's actually it says now it's so difficult to define illustrado, because illustrado. Some people say illustrado is expatriate. Well, Isabella de los Reyes. His only experience abroad was when he was jailed abroad. He really didn't have expatriate experience. Um, well, he stayed on, but most of his career was actually spent in the Philippines. Um, it's not necessarily class because you have somebody like Mabini who's not really that rich, and yet he's considered illustrado, right? It's not necessarily being metropolitan. It's not necessarily being metropolitan in origin because. Actually, you have Bromdis like Rizal who become illustrado. So, so what what is um, illustrado? And Carol says that it's really just illustration to be to, to be enlightened. It it is a critical right. position. It is a critical position relative to your own society. It's the capacity in Rizal's words to say that there is a cancer in your society and to be able to identify the nodes of that particular cancer. I think that's that's ultimately but what illustrado is. And so, in a sense, it's a kind of wokeness. It's a. Sa Pilipinas, sinasabi natin mulat. We're awake yeah, to certain yeah, issues. Yeah, yeah. Mulat. 
And so, yung, kung, yung, kung yun yung pagiging ilustrado, and if it's that broad, then I think we can re- really just, there, there, there's always ways to to tap into into that spirit of being mulat, being woke, being critical, being able to distance yourself from your society. And of course, in the words of um, Rizal via Benedict Anderson, to see the specters of comparison, um, to be able to compare your society with other societies. I think if we, I think if we do that, then yung heritage ng ilustrados, we can keep it alive, and that's all we can do, right? We, we. If we can compete with them, I, I I don't think so. So if you if, if you can't compete with them, why don't you just channel them the way I think Yanavalni channels yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. Good. Channeling. That's the exact word for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it's homage, right? It's pay, paying homage to them. Yeah, yeah, I like that yeah. word. Yeah, yeah. It's homage. For me, it's homage. Like, we owe it to them. Let's not be so whiny. I don't even mm. want to use the word woke. Like, I don't want to be whiny enough. That, like, those guys face horrible imperialism racism you know it, all sorts of problems that thankfully we're facing at a far lower level nowadays right whatever you want to say about new colonialism racism it's nothing compared to what our forefathers and foremothers were facing so you know one of the things i i think we want to have to learn from them is greediness not only against against all odds damn yeah we're gonna beat you in your game and that's really what i appreciate about them and let's not forget rizal was younger than us, right? Like 35, 35. Uh, yeah. Brad, um, look to the world, diba? Um, Meg, Megan, Megan Thomas, who, who Nexus. Was Nexus. Great account of illustrators, diba? She calls the illustrators worldly colonials. I think that's such a, that's such a great term to think about these people as worldly colonials. And if you look at the pages of La Solidaridad, it's not just about the Philippines. It's about Cuba. It's about all of the colonized world. So there's this, there's really this sense that you, really can't learn about your country unless you're you're learning about the world. So compare, 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 read international news. I mean, this is the entire point of this podcast. You can't understand your country without looking at the world. Nexus, exactly. So I'm glad about this episode because it's it's also an homage to our own episode, which is an homage to it's like a homage squared. No, uh I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I I mean no and yeah genius knows no generation I, I, I like it i like our conversation because stuff yeah, there and like oh yeah that was at the back of my mind so i'm very very grateful for you on that note thank you very much uh uh luna <laughs> on that fantastic fantastic exposition right exposition <laughs>